turn to the book of Exodus chapter 26. Exodus chapter 26. I was thinking about uh, Miss Anita and her testimony there uh, when I first came here uh, almost three years ago. Uh, she was in a wheelchair. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, what's amazing is, is, you know, about Miss Anita is to see her up and standing. And uh, even we had a, a little Christmas lunch uh, for some of us empty nesters uh, Christmas Day. And uh, typically I unlocked the door so she could come up the ramp and up through there. And I heard the side door to the fellowship hall open up. I figured it was, you know, I didn't think it would be Miss Anita. And here she come up the stairs uh, by herself. And uh, I panicked for a second, but she was fine. And uh, so, wow, what a blessing, amen. And, uh, but through all that, uh, certainly been very, very faithful to each and every service that we have, Sunday school, Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night, through all of that, she's always been faithful. As a matter of fact, if she's not here, I'm, I'm concerned. And um, uh, so praise the Lord for her faithfulness. And I know that that song has special meaning to all of us. And, uh, and uh, certainly uh, for Miss Anita. Uh, one of these days we won't need wheelchairs, right? We won't need a cane, won't need oxygen, won't need none of that stuff. Looking forward to that day. Uh, we can certainly enjoy the blessings of, of heaven even on this side of, uh, of eternity as well. So amen, amen. Makes me just want to preach about something else, but we're not. And uh, so Exodus chapter 26, we'll get to the text here in just a moment. Just have a few things I want to say first. We took a little break last Sunday. We had uh, uh, Christmas Eve and, and preached on Christmas and some of those things. And uh, we took a little break from our uh, uh, Patterns of the Tabernacle series. But I want to jump back into that. I started to preach a uh, somewhat along the lines of a New Year's Eve message. I will tonight. Uh, but as I was studying this, I thought, you know, really this is a great New Year's Eve message the way that it is. So we'll stick with it. And, uh, and most of all, I believe that's just what God would have us to do. And we've been looking at different things concerning the tabernacle and the patterns that they reveal for us today uh, in this church age, this age of grace in which you and I live. And um, uh, today we're looking at the tabernacle door. In other words, the actual entrance into the tabernacle, the tent of the tabernacle, if you will. Now, our last message, if you remember, concerned the laver. And, and uh, I know I got a lot of comments of, from the message about the pillar of cloud. Uh, but for me, uh, so far, the laver just really has been an exciting study for me and still just been kind of carrying that with me, even through the Christmas messages, as I made mention of uh, this past month. And so the laver, of course, was after the brazen altar, which we studied as well. And we learned that the laver was a pattern of the Holy Spirit of God. And I guess that's why I just loved it so much. And, of course, the water in the laver was a pattern of the Word of God. And so once we are saved, that's what the altar represents. Our sins are forgiven, certainly. Now listen, after we're saved, there's need of cleansing. Now there's a lot of religious systems out there that says you need to clean, clean up first and then be saved. Uh, but we sing that song, Just As I Am. And listen, if you're trying to get good enough for God, you'll never make it. Amen. Because the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Amen. There's not enough religion in the whole world for anybody to get right with God until God forgives him. Amen. Now, once we're saved through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the reading of the Word of God, we now can begin that cleansing process that, that we all need. And by the way, we're going to see that's a constant thing. Amen. And uh, so once we're saved, our sins are forgiven. There's certainly need, needs of cleansing not to be saved or to stay saved. But as we learn from the laver, but for fellowship, purposes with our Lord. Amen. 
And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, Lord willing, here in just a little bit. But we ended that last message with this thought. In other words, why is this cleaning and fellowship, once we're saved, so important? Is it so that I can walk around all uh, Holy Spirit-filled and, and, and powerful and can name this and claim this and those types of things? No, no, that's not what the cleansing and fellowship for God is for, but it's for service, amen, for ministry. Amen. The happiest Christians I know are serving the Lord. The unhappiest Christians I know are not serving the Lord. There's, there's a key to that. Uh, and, of course, we understand once you're saved, you have to have time to grow and those types of things. But once, uh, once we're saved, certainly we need to be uh, focused in on what it is to be a servant of the Lord for the ministry. We might even say for the gospel's sake. We looked, at, we looked at Mary last week, of course, Christmas, and we think of the mother of Christ. And just as God used Mary, why? Because she was already right with God. She she was a clean vessel uh, to begin with. And God desires, listen, God doesn't love Mary any more than he loves anybody in this room today. Amen? So God desires his children also to be clean as to serve him correctly. Why do we want to serve him correctly? Because souls weigh in the balance. Amen? That's why. That's why Central Calvary Baptist Church and any other church ought to be here is to see souls saved. Amen? Everything else is just everything else. And so it's to see souls saved. And so we've seen this progression in this series. I hope you've seen it if you've been able to be here for each and every message. The altar is where our sins are forgiven, our sins are paid for. Uh, that picture of the cross of Jesus Christ, amen, dying on the cross for our sins. That's what we saw in the altar, that brazen altar, a pattern of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our behalf. And once we're saved, once we are just really judicially right with God, forgiven of our sins, forgiven of the penalty of sin. Our sins are paid for, uh, again, because of that cross. Once saved, once right with God, we then need the cleansing, amen, of the Holy Ghost and the washing, as we learned last time in our message on the laver, we need the washing of the water of the Word of God, amen. Why? Well, it keeps us fit for service. Remember, your attitude towards the Bible this morning is your attitude towards God, amen. And you can get all fired up and, and get all, you know, hyper, you know, I'm going to will something to happen because I, got, I love God so much. But listen, I'm here to tell you, if you don't know His words, you don't know God. Amen. And now you can be saved without the Word of God. What I mean by that is certainly we find our truth in that. But listen, if you want to grow in the Lord... We have to be yielded to the, not just the Holy Spirit of God, but the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God are inseparable. And that's important to understand. Hey, listen, the reason a lot of people are doing things that are not of God is because they don't read their Bible. Amen. And I don't care how you feel. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know about you. I've been around long. Now, my wife corrected me the other day. I thought I was 56, but I found out I lost a year of my life somewhere because I'm actually 57. That was kind of depressing when she told me that. I said, really? I'm really 57? I'm only three years from being 60? That can't be right. Uh, but uh, listen, I, I just want you to understand. Hey, listen, it, it doesn't matter uh, where you're, you're, you're at in life. It doesn't matter your life experiences. It doesn't matter how you feel. It only matters what God says. That's so important to understand. And so, again, uh, that tabernacle itself is, is where the priest would, would serve the Lord. We're going to get into this. And today we're looking really just at the door or the entrance to the tabernacle. 
And I want to I want us to pull some truths from that. So stand with me, if you will, if you're physically able this morning. If you're not physically able, I certainly understand that. But in reverence to the Word of God, we just got a few passages to read. Exodus chapter 26. Go ahead while you're up as well and turn to John. I meant to tell you, John chapter 10. Save your place in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, then go back to Exodus 26. We're going to read Exodus 26 and then something out of John chapter 10 as well. I'll give you a few more seconds to find John chapter 10. But we are going to begin reading, first of all, in Exodus chapter 26. Notice there with me verse 36. Verse 36. And, of course, we've been reading through these chapters. God is giving Moses the pattern of the tabernacle. And we've looked at several things. And now we come to the door of the tabernacle itself. And thou shalt make, verse 36, And thou shalt make a hanging for the door of the tent, that is the tabernacle tent itself. And here's what he wants to be made out of, of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen, wrought with needlework. Now to notice verse 37, And thou shalt make for the hanging five pillars of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. So this was pretty fancy. Uh, and their hooks shall be of gold, and thou shalt cast five sockets of brass for them. So basically we have a very nice and elaborate doorway into the tabernacle that is the holy place of God. Now save your place in Exodus and go back to John chapter 10, verse 9. Of course, all these things are patterns for you and I to live by today. Notice what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall, what's that word say? Shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus would also tell us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Jesus is the door. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the Word of God this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet spirit here as well. And Father, the singing, thank you for the good fellowship. Thank you for our visitors as well, Lord. We thank you for the, the new salvation we heard about, Lord. We're thankful for that. And as I said a while ago, Lord, uh, uh, many of us, uh, Lord, we're, we're here for different reasons, got different things going on in our life. Maybe we're on the mountaintop, praise the Lord, but maybe we're in the valley. Maybe we're going through some things, Lord. So, Father, no matter where we're at today, saved or lost, uh, uh, serving the Lord faithfully or maybe gotten away from the Lord, I know this message is for each and every one of us, Father. Speak to our hearts in a mighty and powerful way. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray, amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. Thank you for standing. So we're looking at the, the tabernacle door and what we can learn from that. And I want to start off with a question. I want to begin with a question concerning really just the Christian life, you know. Uh, and that's, that's a pretty broad statement, actually. But, but just concerning the Christian life, what does it mean to grow in grace? You ever thought about that? You know, we're not only saved by grace, but we also have to live by that very same grace. You know, a lot of times uh, we as Christians will say, yeah, I'm saved by grace, plus or minus nothing else. But we're, we're trying to live for the Lord with a works-based mentality. It's like we got to do things to please God and, and make Him like me. Hey, listen, God already loves you, amen. Hey, listen, listen, the love of God should result in faithful service to God, amen. Not faithful service resulting in the love of God. The love of God loves you, so you ought to be faithful, amen. And so away with that works-based mentality, we, we don't set with that. But what does it mean to grow in grace? And really, it, you know, there's a lot of answers to this, and they're all correct. But what I want us to focus on, the, to grow in grace is really, I want to go to the end of it, and it's receiving the full blessings offered us in Jesus Christ. 
And I know there's a lot of teaching out there, particularly from the charismatic crowd, uh, and there's a lot of things, I think, unfortunately, that get all twisted out of shape. But really, I believe that. Uh, it's receiving the full blessings offered us in Jesus Christ. Yet we know that uh, the saved individual, I, I know that this has been true in my own life, uh, depending on what was going on in my life at the time. Hopefully these times are getting shorter and shorter as I grow in the Lord, but I know I may very well go through this again. But sometimes, even as saved individuals, we really fall short of receiving those blessings, don't we? Sometimes we don't have the joy of the Lord, do we? Sometimes we're struggling. We're saved. We know we're on our way to heaven. But our fellowship and our closeness to God uh, isn't what it once was. And we go back to some of our patterns. We were saved at the altar, uh, praise the Lord, but sometimes we stop short of the laver, uh, you know, and even the door of the tabernacle. And so that's what I want you to understand. Listen, being saved is the very most important thing we have to do, is to be saved, to become a child of God. But God doesn't just automatically... Uh, inject into you all that you need to, to do to lead the Christian life. You have to grow in the Lord, amen? You have to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God, which immediately indwells you when you get saved, amen? That's what the Bible teaches, right? Uh, uh, so once we're saved, we have within us, that is the Holy Spirit of God, to yield to the things of God, to yield to what the Word of God says. But listen, that don't just happen by itself. You have to, you have to, you have to take some steps. You have to, if you will, do some things if you want to grow in the Lord. Amen? And there's a lot of people out there that have been saved, but they're never discipled. They're never trained. They're doing ungodly things. We say, how can a Christian do that? Because they don't know. Now, I'm not letting you off the hook. You should know. Amen. That, 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 don't take that the wrong way. Amen. Hey, it's your reasonable service to find out what God says. And you can't do that spending time out on the lake Sundays instead of being in the church house. Amen. Hey, listen, you can't do that watching R-rated movies, amen. Hey, listen, I'm just trying to get you to understand if you want to grow in the Lord, there's some things you need to put in your life and there's some things you need to take out of your life, amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about. So we think about the Christian life. Why is it that we don't often receive the full blessings that certainly God has for us? Again, a lot of us are saved at the altar, but we stop short of the laver. We stop short of the door of the tabernacle. Jesus says in John 8, 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, Now here's what he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you see what that says? Je Listen, Jesus is guaranteeing something here. Do we all believe Jesus? Would anybody say Jesus is a liar? No, Jesus is not a liar. If God said it, it's true, right? Uh, in other words, there isn't a, a yet or a but or a maybe. Uh, there isn't a well. Okay, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, I wish I could say I'm always walking in the light. I'm not. But it's not God's fault. It's my fault. Right? So what, why is it that a lot of times we're not walking in that light? Uh, I think the reason is, is we think, okay, I'm saved. So now I got all this light and everything's going to be great in my life now. I think I've shared with you before. When I got saved, my life did not get easier. It got harder in a lot of ways. Way harder in a lot of ways. So that's not what it means. So, so this isn't just a, you get saved, a one-time thing. And hey, listen, we need to continue in this light, really, to receive more light. Listen to Proverbs 4, verse 18, I'll explain it. But the path of the just is as the shining light. Now listen very carefully. 
that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is, is we only get more light. Listen now, we only get more light as we walk in the immediate light that God gives us today. In other words, I, I see the light shining, okay? Now, a lot of times we, we want to see what's way up yonder, but that's not how it works. i got to walk in this light. Now God gives me more light, and I walk in that light. God gives me more light, and I walk in this light. Now, here's our problem. We just stay right here, <laughs> and we wonder why. You know, why ain't I growing? Why, why, ain't this, why ain't God opening some doors? Well, walk in the light. Well, I need God to give me some more light. Well, walk in the light He's giving you right now. Faith is faithfulness. And if you can't be faithful in the little things, amen, you can't be faithful in the big things. Amen. I'm talking to believers now. I'm talking to saved people. And so again, this is the, the Christian life. Hey, listen, we need to continue in the light if we're going to receive more light. A lot of people, believers now, don't realize really a wonderful truth that the Christian experience is something that can grow deeper and richer each day. Whoo! Man, I love that. Hey, listen, think about how much you love Jesus right now. And I hope that there's, I hope that there's no, you can say, well, I just don't think I could love Jesus any more than I do right now. I want to say, amen, praise the Lord, stick with that, but you ought to love him more tomorrow. Woo, amen. Hey, it just gets better and better, amen, or should. But for a lot of us, it isn't. And I know sometimes we have those days and those periods, and sometimes even those are by God's design, but I'm talking to you about your normal course of life. Hey, listen, the Christian experience is something that, that we can grow deeper and richer in each and every single day, even every second, when we determine to follow Christ. Where He leads me, I will follow. When we do that, you know what happens when you, you go where He uh, leads you to follow? He'll lead you in another place to follow as well. He'll give you some more light. He says, okay, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Amen. Our problem is, is we want to be way over yonder, but we don't even want to make a step here. Amen. That's where a lot of us are at. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody. And this is why a lot of us, we grow, we're saved. We're going to heaven someday. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not questioning your salvation but there's a lot of people that are going to make heaven their home but have grown stagnant in their fellowship with God here on this earth. And that's a sad thing to see. It's heartbreaking to see. They have become complacent. I would just say spiritually slothful. In other words, not growing in grace. And so the message today is about the door and really to fulfillment and service to our king. I would hope, you know, I like what Miss Anita said. She's exactly right. You know, I'm guilty. New Year's resolution, right? Usually by January 15th, it's all over with, right? But here's the thing. I think we should all strive, amen, to be closer to God this year than we was last year. I mean, that ought to be our number one goal. Hey, listen, if that's your number one goal, uh, that's going to make a lot of other things in your life better. I, I can tell you that. There'll be a great result out of that. And so some of us, though, we're, we grow. We're not growing in grace. And, and the message, again, as we look at this door, uh, is really going to be about fulfillment in service to our King. And I pray that we all, as children of God, desire a fuller Christian life this coming year. And I want to tell you something. It's a guarantee. Amen. It's guaranteed that you can grow in the Lord this year. 
It can happen if you yield to Christ the way you should. We've just seen it. Jesus, Jesus doesn't lie, amen? So if we don't, it's not God's fault, it's our fault. We haven't accepted the guarantee that God gives us. You say, well, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. Amen. And he still says, hey, listen, you can be closer to me this year than you have ever been. And that's what we ought. Hey, listen, we ought to leave here today closer than God when we came in. Amen. I, I believe that. I think every church service ought to do that. And so again, we're looking at this door. And listen, we can. That is, if you've been purchased by His blood, that is, if you're saved. And as I mentioned a while ago, once we're saved, we're immediately indwelt with the Holy Ghost of God. Amen? And so next is we're, now we have the ability to follow God's Word, to do what it says, and that's key to living a good Christian life. And then and only then can we experience the riches of His grace. And I don't know about you, but I want the riches of His grace. Amen? So today we approach the door to serve us. And at this door we find the way to experience the Lord in fullness and completeness. Do you know you can serve the Lord in your own power? Do you know you can serve the Lord without experiencing the fullness and completeness that He gives? A lot of people, you could be doing the right things but for the wrong reasons. You could be doing the right things with the wrong attitude. God will not bless that. So we're going to see several things that I believe are ours, guarantees, yet many of us maybe today don't have it in our lives. So number one, let's get into this. Boy, it's getting late, and I haven't even started my first point. I'll preach fast if you listen fast. So number one, the door to meaningful and powerful prayer. We're nothing without prayer, folks. And I, that's one thing I want to be better at is praying. And now we're going to be looking at the furnishings inside this holy place, just inside the tabernacle in detail and further messages. But today we're just going to look at them briefly as we look through the door, if you will. And we got a description of that door. I, I wanted to spend some time there, but I'm going to have to move on. But this, this room that this door opened up into is called the holy place. Later we'll talk about the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. But today we're looking at the holy place and some things that were inside this holy place. This is a place that only the priest could minister, uh, could go into. And, and again, it was about service. But, but as we've learned already, if you're saved today, amen, you are a New Testament priest. And praise the Lord, spiritually speaking, we can not only go into the holy place, but we can even go into the holy of holies, amen. We don't need that. Uh, that, that veil has come down and we'll, we'll get into more of that later on in these messages. But today we're going, as, as we go through this, the, the, this series, again, we'll focus on more of those items in the tabernacle, but for today I just want to mention them in a general way. So imagine you're walking, you're coming up to the door of the tabernacle. We have a description there in Genesis 26, or I'm sorry, Exodus 26. We just learned of the beauty of it. There's some things there I wanted to share, but I don't have time. But we enter the door and you would see the golden, what is called the golden altar of incense. And it was another small altar, if you will, that, that had a fire. And this was no doubt a splendid piece that, that was made out of pure gold. And, and, and it must have been very beautiful. And, and certainly those of us that study these types of things, I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's connected to prayers being offered up, namely intercession prayer. And the incense would be thrown onto the hot fire and that smoke would ascend up and, and it, it represented the prayers of God's people and God would say it's a sweet savor unto the Lord. So what a wonderful word picture. 
So we think about what's the key to, to meaningful prayer for us today. That ought to be high on your list for this year is to have meaningful prayer. Well, first of all, it's being saved. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, are, I say, are you saved? Oh, yeah, I pray to God. Well, okay, but are you saved? Um, being saved is the first thing, right? Once we're saved is being yielded to the Holy Ghost that's inside of you the moment you believe. We've talked about that cleansing as the laver represents. We looked at that last time and now we're filled with his love uh, and we want to begin to be filled with the word of God. Jesus says in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. What words? The Bible. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Boy, in a day and age where we uh, many are are naming it and claiming it, where you can just will something, uh, something whimsical and, and something all based on what you want. We miss the true meaning of what real uh, Holy Ghost prayer is. What I'm saying is I'm afraid that a lot of prayers out there, and I, I suppose to some degree I've been guilty of this myself, but again, sometimes we think that prayer is all about us. You realize prayer is not about you? Amen. Prayer is about God. And what God wants to do in your life. And no doubt, we probably all, to a degree or another, we could be praying amiss, if you will. But you say, preacher, all right, what are you driving at? Well, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says this, Likewise, the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. Now listen very carefully. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Do you hear that? God says that we really don't know how to pray for what we need to pray for. But the Spirit, that is the Holy Ghost inside of us, itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we need to certainly be praying for Holy Ghost prayer. Maybe we'll back up one of these days and talk about that. But I want you to understand that we see here that meaningful prayer is not some whimsical and name it and claim it attitude. The ministry of prayer is directed first and foremost by the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. And listen, when you're indwelt, when you're yielded to the Holy Ghost of God, your prayer life will be good. And that's a very beautiful thing as we think about that beautiful golden altar of incense. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment, but I want to look at number two. Let's also talk about as we're standing there in the door of the tabernacle. We would also see a, what the Bible calls a candlestick. Today we might know it as a menorah. So we see inside the door a golden candlestick. And that light as long as the tabernacle was set up, was never to go out. It was to be perpetual, always putting off light. So what do we learn from that pattern? Well, we know that Jesus is the light, amen? Not only is he the light, but as I said, he's the way, the truth, the life. Yet many a believer, as I said a while ago, as I gave you my example, we're not always walking in the light, are we? We're not always walking in the light. They saw him there at the altar of atonement. They've been saved, but know very little of walking with him daily. Know very little of this cleansing with the washing of the word of, of the water of the word as we learned in our last lesson. Oh, how churches need spirit-filled believers. You say, now wait a minute, preacher. You just said everybody that's saved is indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Yes, we all are. Um, nobody has more Holy Ghost than you. The Holy Ghost is God. You either have him or you don't, right? But our problem is, is are we yielded to him? Amen. You know, uh, we, we, can, we can have, and the only way to have the Holy Ghost is to have all the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost might not have all of you today. What I'm saying is you're not yielded to Him. 
Um, and by the way, none of us have arrived. I, I could do better in that area myself. But we see this, this golden candlestick, and we see there it was perpetual. And we know that people aren't always walking in the light. They're saved. We know that we need to be yielded to the Holy Ghost of God. And I wish that all believers would be as Paul would tell us in Ephesians 6, and I'll just kind of give you the rundown for time's sake, that we would be granted the riches of His glory. Don't you want to be granted of the riches of God's glory tonight, today? Do you want to be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in your inner man, that is, within your soul? Do you not want Christ dwelling in our hearts? How? By faith. Do you not want to be rooted and grounded in love? Amen. Do you not want to be able to comprehend the breadth, the length, the depth, even the weight of God's love? Boy, I want that. Imagine to know, as Paul would say, the full extent of the love of Christ, not only the love of Christ, but the fullness of God. I, whew, I want that. Amen. I want that. Paul would say that, that Christ can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think. Why is that? Because he's the candlestick. He's always shining, amen? He's always there. And I praise the Lord for that. And if you're here this morning and you're downcast and defeated, hey, listen, listen, just submit to his power, to his words, amen? Believe what God says, not what the world says through Christ Hey, listen, you can leave here today walking in the newness of life. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is that candlestick. Let's move along. Number three, inside the door, we also come to the table of shoe bread. This is a pattern, real quickly, of the fellowship with God through His Son. And The Bible tells us of Christ, and Jesus would say of Himself, I am the bread of life. And we think of the manna that God rained down on the children of heaven, or the children of Israel, each and every morning. But we also think, I, when I think about, when I think about uh, uh, you know, food and, and, and bread, I always think about Mephibosheth. Remember him? He was lame on his feet, yet by the grace of King David, he was able to sit at the king's table and fellowship with the king, even being lame on his feet. Amen. That's us, Amen. And no doubt for Mephibosheth, and just like us today, when we think about the fellowship with God, this fellowship certainly strengthens us, but it also encourages us, amen, like no other way. I was thinking about this this week in days long past, really probably even before even uh, John Higgins was born, and that was a long time ago. In days, I'm talking about way back there, right? And uh, now for, for breakfast, uh, especially in the, the early uh, days of our country, most uh, were farmers and agricultural type things, and they would get up and eat them a breakfast and head to the fields and come home at lunch and, you know, probably smelled a little rough, but they'd get them a little lunch, a little dinner. By the way, dinner is what you eat at noon, all right? Uh, you eat supper at supper time, dinner's at noon, all right? That's always bothered me. We need to get that right. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, you come in and, and you're, you're kind of dirty, and, you know, that's expected because you've got to go back at, out into the field and work, right? But in days, again, long past, uh, no matter how much money you had or what kind of fanciness you had, people would actually dress up the best they could for supper. 
In other words, it, it was a tradition. I'm not saying you have to do this today. But I think there's a great spiritual significance here. Now, you might not have had fancy clothes, but you, you, you best come with clean ones. Amen. Uh, and I don't think this is such a bad thing now. Uh, you better come with a clean face and hands. Because if not, Mama would probably send you back to the wash tub. You ain't coming up here to this table looking like that. You're going you're gonna to go clean up. And then you can come and eat supper. Amen. Again, I don't really see nothing wrong with that. Now, here's my point, though. If we want meaningful fellowship with Christ, thinking of that shoe bread, that pattern, if we want meaningful fellowship with Christ, listen, we've got to come through the door clean. Amen. We get saved at the altar, but if we want the right proper shoe, listen, if we want to have fellowship, we want to sit at the king's table, we need to come clean. I'm just telling you. You can't have a bunch of junk in your life that you're not worried about, you're not upset about, you know that it isn't biblical. Hey, that's just the way I am. Hey, you need to get over that and you need to, you need to repent of that and get right. You need to get clean. By the way, we usually eat supper every day. And that shoe bread was kept fresh every day. What a great pattern that we can have that kind of sweet fellowship with the Lord continually. Very quickly, number four, once through the door... The priest could see the veil to the most holy place. Behind that veil was the most holy place. And we'll talk about that more in detail later on in these messages. But it was there that the actual Ark of the Covenant was. And on top of that Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat where the cherubims faced one another. There the presence of God at times would dwell, the, very, the Shekinah glory of God. It was a place that was so holy that it was only visited once a year by the high priest. And we'll talk about that later on. But I was thinking about this veil. We know today from Hebrews, again, that we can enter into the Holy of Holies. We can come, the Bible says that we can come not pridefully, but confidently. That's what the word boldly. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Isn't that amazing? I don't need to go through some man. I don't need to go through some priest. I can fall on my knees and I can pray. I can go into the Holy of Holies and pray to God. And I know that he'll hear me. And what a wonderful, what a wonderful blessing that is. And by the way, each believer has that access to God themselves, yet we know too that this old flesh, you know, in many ways, I was thinking about that veil in the Old Testament days, it, it really blocked, if you will, the, the presence of God, the holiness of God. What is it that blocks the holiness and presence of God in our, in our life. Well, it's another veil, but it's a veil called our flesh. It's that old man, that old nature, amen, that we still have. That, 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 uh, that, that old man, that old flesh, that old, this old tabernacle of our body. This old flesh is like a veil between us and really a total understanding of heaven and and Paul would tell us in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 that not until we're absent from the body that, that we'll be in the immediate presence of God. We, we see that, amen. We have to shed this tabernacle. Looking forward to that. Uh, what a day that'll be, amen. For now, what do we do? Well, we live by faith. And one of these days, we'll drop this veil of flesh and we'll live by sight. There's coming a time in your existence, believer, you'll no longer need faith because you'll be living by sight. You'll be in the portals of glory. 
And what a tremendous thing that is. Once through the door, the priest could see that veil to the most holy place. If you're saved today, you have access, spiritually speaking, to pray, could go to the throne room. But one of these days, you will literally step into the very throne room in heaven. Number five, and we'll be done. Through the door, one found divine peace and comfort. You know, I've mentioned throughout this, I hope you've been trying to do this too, to try to imagine what it might have looked like through the door. Uh, Brother Brad's kind of got a representation up there. And uh, I try to imagine what it would have been like. You know, we have what people think it may be. I don't think we totally know or can know. But I try to imagine what it might have looked like, you know, to stand in that door or step through that door, step into that room. Most people don't know that the floor of the tabernacle was the very earth which it was set. In other words, when you walked in there, you would feel the sand around your feet. And I think there's a great spiritual significance to that. See, the priests knew that certainly they were in a place of holiness, but they were still on earth. They were still on earth. They were still on this globe. We talked about this in, in Sunday school this morning a little bit. And boy, I wish you'd come to Sunday school. But many a time we allow this world to rob us of so much and I've mentioned this several times throughout these messages yes heaven you know uh, as we get a little older it does sound sweeter all the time amen hey I you know I I'm not lying I I'm I'm looking I think that's east ain't it I, I'm 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 looking eastward and upward as I get older amen <laughs> Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And I might be even tempted to just throw in the towel till that happens, but I know I can't. Amen? I know I can't let up. Right? We don't want to let up on God, do we? No, we don't want to let up on God. Maybe you can't do what you could do, but you could do now what you couldn't do then. Amen? Well, that'll preach. I, I need to... We record that. I need to, I don't even remember what I just said, but it sounded good. Well, think about that for just a second. You know, we're looking for Jesus to come, and I know this old world beats us down. Many a time I've been tempted to hang my harp on the willow tree, right? What this pattern of the door reminds us of the privileges and blessings of God, even on this fallen earth, which you and I have. He was in the tabernacle of God, but he was on the earth. And we too can serve God. It's, hey, listen, even on this side of eternity, it's truly wonderful to be a Christian. I'm saying you can enjoy some heavenly blessings even on this side of eternity. Salvation and fellowship with God certainly will be fully realized in heaven, but it's not just for heaven someday. Listen, it's for now. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. What a, what a gift. Now, here's what I want to have you to do. I, I don't normally stretch an invitation out this long, but we've been sitting for a while, so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And Brother Brad's not going to play music yet, but he's going to get some ready. But I want you to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you're physically able to do so. And I'd ask, unless there's a, a medical reason or whatever, but not to go in or out. Uh, I really want you to hear some things I believe God wants us to understand. And I mentioned a while ago to try to envision some things. I'm, I'm going to try to hurry, but I want to be respectful for what God would have us f for us today. I, I believe that 
that you can make a huge decision for the Lord today that will bless your life. So every head bowed and every eye closed, just want you to focus. Just kind of forget about all the things you're worried about, concerned about. Just listen for just a moment. Think about what we looked at today. Think about maybe even yourself standing in the door of that tabernacle right now. Just, just think about that. Try to envision it. Maybe even step inside the door. I believe there was always a calmness. Uh, things might not have been pleasant on the outside, but I believe when they stepped in that door, there was a calmness. There was a, there was a sense of safety and contentment. In other words, we stepped from the laver, we're clean, we're full of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. And we think about that altar of incense and how it's our prayers unto God. Just think, just keep your eyes closed and think about, I don't know how all that worked, but I, I tend to think when they, when they put that incense on those hot coals, it had to sizzle. Think about that sizzling sound of that, that holy fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. You might glance over and you notice the flicker of that lampstand. And we talked about how that's the presence of God. Do you feel the presence of God in your heart? Maybe even right now. 